heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Are we being set up? You know, I've been thinking about that a lot since I got back from the Capitol on January 6th, and things just have not felt right ever since. I remember being at the Ellipse and everything was so happy, so patriotic. Everybody was having such a fantastic time. And then as we marched up to the Capitol, I started realizing that there were a lot of Antifa people intermixed in our group. And that really was alarming to say the least, because I realized that most of the patriots there really had no clue. They, they, didn't, they didn't recognize Antifa. Of course, they were all kind of dressed up as patriotic Trump supporters. But I knew, and the reason I knew is because I've been involved myself in uh, patriotic rallies marching against Antifa in my own hometown. So I had a really bad feeling that day because I felt like all the patriots that were unaware were being marched right into the Capitol, kind of like a, I don't know, a herd of cattle to slaughter, really. That is how I felt. Well, welcome to today's show, folks. On The Voice of a Nation, I'm Kathy Chamberlain, otherwise known as the deplorable author. And I am so privileged to be here with you for the next couple hours. I am uh, one of the newest members of Team Nation. You probably already know that. You may have heard me over the last week. Uh, but here on America Out Loud, I am just so grateful to be part of this family because I've learned uh, since joining that every single one that I've met on this show and uh, uh, on Team Nation especially are just incredibly patriotic. And they, they're, they're carrying the right message uh, for, for what I've carried over the past many years. So I am just happy to be here. And I'm new, so I'm hoping I get a lot of comments from you all. I want to hear them all. I want to be able to relate to you in the future in a way that makes sense and that you appreciate and mostly that you learn from really is the most important thing. But you're going to find that I do things a little bit differently here than, uh, than other hosts because I look through the lens of Saul Alinsky's tactics that's the way I do it. That's the book that I've written, Rules for Deplorables. His book, of course, was Rules for Radicals. And I basically look at everything the left does as being through an Alinsky tactic. So I talk about that a lot. And I'd love to get your feedback on that as well. So make sure if you enjoy today's show, I hope that you share it wide and, and definitely out loud. That's the whole message. And that's what we need to get through. So we've got a really packed show today. I am just so, honestly, I'm honored for the two guests that we have here today. It's it's going to be a two-hour show, but in the, in the first show, uh, we've got a gentleman named Mr. Tim Alders, and he is known as Mr. Constitution. He's, he's a well-known author, 
and uh, he has a show on there. We'll talk about that in a bit. But he also write. Uh, he also uh, writes a lot. I mean, he's got books out. He's got articles out. He's known nationwide pretty much. But the first time I heard him, I I just fell in love with him because it hit the. I just happened on a radio show that he did that was all about Sololinsky and Cloward Piven, which a lot of people know about Sololinsky, but very, very few people really have an understanding of Cloward Piven. And Sololinsky, for those of you who don't know, he's well known as the father of community organizing. You heard that before? Yep, President Obama. He learned everything he knows about community organizing uh, from Alinsky and his tactics. But the, but the most important couple too, just as important, I should say, is Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven, otherwise known as Cloward Piven. And they wrote a series of strategy papers dating back to the 60s. But th- these papers are so critically important for us to understand because they really do uh, form the blueprint upon which our country has slowly been transforming to socialism. And I'm, I'm going to say it, we are very, very close to communism at this point. And that's why I think they're so important. And as a, as a, as a duo, Alinsky and Cloward Piven, they're critically important to understand because where Cloward Piven wrote the blueprint, the strategies to get us to communism, because they basically designed these plans to overwhelm our systems and uh, really redistribute our wealth. Their strategies were all based on that. And But Alinsky wrote the tactics, the vehicle by which to get us there. So together, you're going to learn as you, as you hear me uh, going forward that I really, I, I can't really define current events without those two entities involved. <clears throat> and the thing I liked about Tim Alders when I heard him, uh, Mr. Constitution, is that he, he talked all about Alinsky and Clower Piven, and I, I know he gets it. So I, I, I asked uh, Malcolm. Uh, if I could uh, get him on this show, because I think it's critically important that we understand what's going on today. Are we being set up? I want to know how that is going to be affected by our Constitution. Do we even have any rights anymore? I don't know, folks. Well, the second hour, you're going to want to stick around for that, too, because we're going to be joined by world famous author and expert on socialism and communism. This is my go to guy. And that would be Mr. Trevor Loudon. If you've ever heard him speak, I've heard him speak at at many different occasions, but he really gets into the nuts and bolts of how close we are to socialism. And so I've got the, uh, I had actually, I've been to a lot of his speeches. And as a matter of fact, we just both recently shared the distinct honor of opening for General Michael Flynn uh, at one of his speeches locally. So I hope you're going to stick around for that too. But I, I want to talk before we bring Tim in here, I want to I talk about a couple of things that have been happening, especially in the last week, that are really raising uh, the alarms in my head. And we all need to be on top of this because we've been caught too many times, not, quote, seeing it coming. And I see this as something that's going to be coming very hard on us. And if we're not prepared, 
we're going to find ourselves in a whole heap of trouble. So two weeks ago, listen to this. The Chicago Tribune reported that, well, we all knew this, that shortly after taking office, Biden ordered the intel agencies pretty much to work with uh, each other on how the government combats extremism. We're hearing a lot about that. I'm sure if you're anywhere around any kind of news, you've heard about this uh, domestic violent extremism and they're trying to tie it to white people, Trump voters, patriots. This is lunacy, folks. Now the, the administration actually delivered an Intel report to Congress last month and in it, they identified what a white supremacist is. And they combined those with militia groups and named them as the top security threats, the top national security threats. I think that's really scary because we've seen what happens. In the past four years, we've really been awakened to how corrupt our intel agencies are. Now, uh, Mayorkas, the head of uh, DHS, in a memo to all of his employees about two weeks ago, he called domestic extremists, quote, the most lethal and persistent terrorism-related threat to our country today. So get ready. Are we being set up? Well, to help answer that question, uh, I brought on uh, Tim Alders, and he's known as, I love this, Mr. Constitution, because he's hosted uh, a talk show called Freedom's Voice Talk Radio, which was nationally syndicated, and it reached over 2.5 million listeners. So he really has this down. He also wrote a book called Origins of Liberty. I'm going to ask him to kind of give us a little, a little snippet of what that book's about, because I honestly, I wish I... I, I had time to get into that, but we just kind of booked him in the last couple of days. So um, I want to know from Tim. Now, he, he also hosts, by the way, this is really important. I've listened to him here in America Out Loud. He has his own uh, talk radio show, and it's called The Disciples of Liberty. So I, I want you to really take some time and go over there and and take a look at it, Tim. I'm so grateful that you could join us today because I've got so many questions for you. And I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm wondering if we even have any rights left. Now, you aired a show recently on the America Out Loud Radio Network. I I, I thought it was fascinating, and that show's called for those of you who want to look this up. America is collapsing 500 percent faster than the Roman Empire. I, I, I was just astounded by that title, first of all, and, and really fascinated by the, the, entire, um, the entire segment there. It was a great comparison of history. And you said something that really interested me. I wanted to get your, your description of this and your book. Um, feel free to, to talk about that as well, Tim. But you said that we forget history and end up repeating our mistakes. What makes you say that? Well, it's simple. And, and hello, uh, fellow domestic terrorists. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's very simple. History is supposed to be a learning uh, point for all Americans, for all the world to see. We're supposed to be able to look back on our history and not redo mistakes that were made. 
And when you look at how America was formed with Jefferson and Adams and the books they read and the Enlightenment period they studied, then it's easy to see how they looked at uh, comparisons like Rome and the Mayans and the Bible. And they took the best of those nations and tried to cut out the worst and gave us warnings of things not to repeat. Yet, as you were saying, the blueprint to destroy America that socialists have had, that Russia utilizes, that China utilizes, has always been uh, Marxism, uh, Karl Marx and uh, Salolinsky and Cloward and Piven. These people were uh, people who believe in uh, manipulating other people for their own personal power. And they, the schools started following their system and stopped teaching history. And when you stop teaching history, you stop seeing the mistakes that can lead to the downfall of a nation. We're just walking that same path joyfully to place chains on our own necks to become slaves to a system of power-hungry people who want nothing but world domination. Wow. Yeah, you are so right. Um, and that is, and, and when you say, you know, that we, that they, what the Romans did, that's really interesting. I mean, they, uh, well, who wouldn't, it's human nature to, to, to see what somebody else has done and try to better it or, you know, try to learn from it at the very least. Now you, you say that though, we're collapsing 500% faster. That's, that's a pretty bold statement. How, how do you come, how do you come about that? Well, it's pretty simple. The Roman Empire lasted over a thousand years, the Roman Republic, what they call the Roman Republic. America has been around for just two, 200 and, and almost 50 years, uh, 241 to be exactly from the science. And we are collapsing at a faster pace. We are where the Romans were at 1100, at 241. So we have the games that distract us. We have the the what they call um, income inequity going on. We have uh, the ruling classes being set up. Everything that took Rome over a thousand years to incorporate, we have done in the last 40 years. 200 years into our nation, we have copied everything that destroyed Rome. And um, I, I mean, I, I get that, especially since we are so far advanced, as, at least technologically, you know, with uh, with electronics and all that stuff. It, it it makes sense that we would go down that much faster. What, what do you think was the first uh, or the biggest, I should say, the biggest learning curve for Rome? I mean, what did they take that was the best and what did they leave behind that was the worst? Well, Rome utilized what they called slaves, although slaves today would be you and me uh, in the world today or, you know, people out of New York that, that depend on income of the state. Anybody who depends on the income of the state, who whose livelihood is based on state help. Um, so the Huns and the other groups that Rome utilized, they paid for their food. They let them set up on their lands. Uh, and they brought them in to fight their battles, to fight their wars, sort of like BLM and Antifa. Uh, the Democrats bust them around to fight and demonstrate for them, and they subsidized those movements. Well, eventually the Huns got tired of the people carrying the chains and wanted more and more and more, and they started slaughtering Romans. And the Romans were so fat and out of shape, and, and they didn't have armies of themselves locally. All their armies were 
out holding other places they conquered, that the inner parts of Rome were so easy for the people who Rome always thought they could control, uh, destroyed. Wow, that really brings home so strong what we're actually witnessing today here, right? I mean, we're getting pretty fat and, <laughs> and lazy and, you know, with all the uh, technology that we've got and, oh my, my gosh, I mean, how, you know, how, how close do you think we are to collapsing like Rome did? I would say five to 10 years at the most. And the sad point is, is people, like I said, don't learn from history. If you look at the BLM, if you look at these calling people uh, white supremacists, they are demanding more and more. They want reparations. They want more money. What the government's been giving them is no longer enough. Exactly like the Huns, exactly like the barbarians of Rome, they want more and they know that the rich can afford it. So in their minds, either the rich pays them more or they're going to annihilate it. It's the same thing that happened with the French Revolution that happened after the American Revolution, except they took it to a whole different extreme and started killing the rich. We are at a point in our, our history where they want more stuff because we have more stuff to offer. They want the best of all technology. They want uh, uh, income, guaranteed income. They want everything and they, and they want it to come from the wealthy. Well, when the wealthy runs out of money or decides not to give it to them, what's the next step? The next step will be revolution. We, we've seen that happening in, in cultures all across history. Uh, and people think, well, it won't happen here in America. Well, America has helped it happen in Syria, Iraq, Iran. America's helped revolutions happen all over the world. And they don't recognize that they're building the same atmosphere that those nations had before their people revolted. Yeah, that's so true. And we're hearing more and more about this color revolution. And that's really what you're talking about there as far as going to different countries and, and, and upsetting the apple cart. And now it's uh, done a whole uh, boomerang back on our country. And that's what we're witnessing today, uh, for sure. And what you said about the French Revolution, I do cover that in my book, which is kind of interesting because um, that's the Democrat socialists, like the AOCs, the squad, all of them, that's, that's really where they take a, a lot of their cues from, uh, where you said that the Romans took cues, you know, the best of the worst. Well, the Democrat socialists here go back to, um, go back to the French revolution, really. I mean, that's what they kind of copy in a lot of, of what they're doing. I, I, I gotta say now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried about Americans not understanding fully one of Alinsky's, all of Alinsky's tactics really, but one of them that I'm gonna focus on uh, for this segment is uh, tactic number 13, which you well know, I'm sure, pick a target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. We've just seen four years of Trump being the target, having that target on his back and the left, just has frozen him in time with all of his, uh, you know, with everything that they've basically put him through and personalized him, making him so look so unpresidential and tweeting too much and, you know, all those negative stuff that a lot of conservatives don't recognize when this happens. And so they just 
follow, just like the just like the Patriots just went right into the Capitol following Antifa in as they were being goaded into the building there. Uh, that's what they do to us. And then the final part of that tactic, polarizing it, they want to divide us from those people who are really standing up for us. It happened to General Flynn. You know, I mean, folks, these are smart, the smartest of the smart that we have in our country, General Flynn, a three-star general, and he knows the art of war, Sun Tzu, all that stuff. And yet they were able to effectively isolate him. And pretty much when they polarize people from us, okay, they, it's important to understand that they want to isolate that person from us and us from them. They want that person to be so radioactive that nobody is going to even want to associate their name with them. And we fall into that trap. The, the Democrats don't do it. They circle the wagons. They're extremely good at protecting their own. But look, even, you know, you follow the last four years, Carter Page was another one. Now, this, this gentleman was a Naval Academy graduate, and he was an informant for the FBI. He volunteered his time, and yet they attacked him the way they did. Uh, in today's terms, we've got uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is a spitfire. Look what they did. They, they stripped her of her committees, and that was by tactic number 13. And even many of the Republicans in the House distanced themselves from her. It was it was just insane to watch. And obviously now I think one of the latest Congress uh, congressman targets was Matt Gates. none of which what they were they were coming out with the left about him was was based on truth. They take these half truths and then they blow it up to make it sound as though the person is a real criminal when in fact it's their people who are the criminals and and the latest victim here has been Rudy Giuliani. And uh, it's just it's just, it's cringeworthy to watch what they are doing to the president's attorney. And all they're doing really truly is looking for uh, privileged conversations that they had together. Uh, they didn't even take Hunter's laptop. So there you go there. But now, now the Patriots are in the cross crosshairs today in a major way, folks, we got to wake up to that. I'm terrified by what I'm seeing. I mean, we, we, we're, we're being, attacked with a one three punch plot. And it's so important to wake up to this. We've got Congress on the one hand, making legislation, new laws, and wait till we get into those in the second hour, we'll be covering some of what they're coming out with that you haven't even heard of yet. And we've, we're gonna be talking about some of the new stuff that the FBI and the DHS is coming out with. There is a high level of coordination coming from these folks. And it's all designed to change the narrative in America. We have to understand that they're using legislation and basically Intel training manuals, and they're changing all the verbiage in that, but they're targeting us. If you've ever, for example, complained about Wuhan virus restrictions, I'm sorry, I refuse to, to call it anything but Wuhan. If you've ever complained about the restrictions we, that have been forced down our throats, or how about the big lie? That's election fraud and 
If you haven't heard, President Trump has come out uh, in official memos and said, this is what we're calling it going forward, the big lie. That's the election fraud. We're going to find out that he's absolutely right about this, as he has been on so many other things. And what about the presidential transition? If you've complained about that, if you've complained about any of these folks, guess what? Yes, you, Tim, me, we're all homegrown violent extremists in their new manuals. So when we come back, we're going to get into those topics, but we're also going to find out where Tim thinks this has taken our country and what if there if there's anything uh, we can do to reverse uh, this trend. But Tim, before we 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 leave this segment here and go on to our our second half hour. Uh, tell me a little bit about your book. I'm, I'm really curious. It, it sounds great. I've, I've read a little bit of the descriptions of it. But decipher- well, yeah. or Origins of Liberty is a simple uh, concept. It poses two questions. Either A, you believe that your liberty is unalienable. It comes from God. And it does the same for everybody everywhere in the world. Or it comes from man. And if you're a Democrat or a liberal and you believe it comes from man, then any man who can organize a group larger than your group can take dominion over you and put chains on your neck. And so it, it traces the history of liberty to God. And it gives modern comparisons to biblical comparisons. So it's being very well received. It's, it's a book basically about freedom. You want to know where your freedom comes from, and the only way to embrace freedom is to know that it doesn't come from Washington, D.C. Uh, you need to pick up the book and, and show it to your kids. Yeah, uh, that's and 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 then on and then you have your show as well, which is uh, Disciple, Disciples of Liberty. Uh, and I've I've heard a couple shows, and I I just love them. But you basically you do a lot of uh, you take the Constitution, you kind of wrap it up into. Uh, foundational principles, obviously, but but you also liken it to um, a, a lot of uh, of history that we've gone through, and 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 some some biblical stuff, I believe, right? Well, our history is based on a Judeo Judeo Christian religion, and people tend to forget that. You're right, and they forget that the Constitution was written by God, and it was just penned by men. And the fact of the matter is, if we don't return to a moral society and understand that liberty is ours basically because we were born with it, then, and that's what our founders wanted us to do. They never wanted us to turn power over to the power hungry. And that's what we've done in this nation today. We've given power hungry people the authority to dominate our lives. And that's not what the constitution is about. It's about maintaining your individual freedoms and hiring people to protect those freedoms. That's the only job of government. And they've so uh, far surpassed that, that it's just, it would make anybody who lived or sacrificed for our nation sick if they were alive. So remind us where we can find you. Uh, you can find me on timalders.com. You can find me on Disciples of Liberty on America Out Loud. If you Google uh, Tim Alders, you'll see I'm a domestic terrorist out there, just like all of you. Uh, fighting for the basic liberties that God gave us and speaking out against corruption and bad government and speaking out against the terrorists we have sitting in our White House today. Yeah, no kidding. Folks, this is, uh, this is uh, we're coming up to the, the end of this first hour. I've learned a lot already myself. I hope you have too. And we're going to continue on the other side. 
uh, with the uh, with uh, Tim Alders, uh, the Mr. Constitution, and we're going to learn so much more because I've got a lot to get into, uh, especially about some of the House bills that are sitting in Congress just waiting to be passed, um, as well as some bulletins that have been released by our DHS uh, and uh, our FBI. And it's just incredible how quickly they are moving to take our rights away and to change the language. Speaking of what uh, Tim was just talking about, um, they're literally changing the language, which they've been doing for decades. We know that. That's how they've indoctrinated our kids. And um, we have to stop this. It's insanity. They know what they're doing. This is intentional. When I hear people say, oh, my gosh, I just can't, you know, I can't get my head wrapped around this. Why would they do this? This is awful. Don't they know what they're doing? No, folks, this is what we have to learn as Americans, as conservatives. This is all intentional. So you've been listening to Kathy Chamberlain here on uh, America Out Loud's The Voice of a Nation. I hope you've enjoyed this first half hour, but don't go anywhere. We've got so much more to cover. All right, folks, we will see you on the other side. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa. incredible years and we're just getting started well they say time flies when you're having fun well it also flies by when you're on a mission of love love of country that is well our goal is to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity you can listen in on our free apps on apple android or alexa AmericaOutloud.com. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, It's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Okay, folks, welcome back. This is the second half hour here with uh, Mr. Constitution, Tim Alders, and Kathy Chamberlain, your host. I'm very privileged to be here with uh, such a knowledgeable constitutional um, uh, person that because that is something that a lot of us are really kind of weak on now. Uh, Tim wrote the book Origins of Liberty, and he also hosts Disciples of Liberty radio talk show. Uh, and he's been with America Out Loud. I didn't know this until yesterday, since the very beginning of the show. Malcolm speaks very highly of you, Tim, and 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 now I know why. At any rate, um, 
In your recent uh, radio show, you mentioned that uh, the government about the government overreach and corruption, just like Rome. Okay, but in it, you had mentioned the EPA, FCC, and the FEC. So I, you know, it's interesting because right now I'm noticing a lot of changes being made at rapid pace with Congress, the DHS and FBI and, and changing a lot too. what scares me is within our law enforcement and our military. Um, and they're really trying to route out what they are calling domestic violent extremists. So this can't end well, I think. In 2019, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Tim, but Congress passed a House bill. It's called the Domestic and International Terrorism Act. If you ever hear the Data Act, they, they kind of laid the groundwork for the need for such legislation. Uh, domestic terrorism is what they say we need new laws for. And they include in this language that includes white supremacist, uh, supremacist extremists. And they're, they're saying basically that this kind of violence presents a, and this is a quote from this bill, a persistent and growing threat to the security of our homeland. And yet from 2009 to 2018, what was that, nine years? There were only 427 extremist related killings, which they say themselves in this legislation. I think that's insane. I don't know anybody who would think that that really makes a threat uh, to our nation. And in fact, 73% were committed, only 73% of those. So what was that? 427, you knocked that down, you got 300 and something. It actually adds up to 34 per year. Can you believe that? By right-wing extremists. And in this bill, they do something very interesting, which the left is really good at doing. And that is they use fake news media, so the mainstream media, in this case, they use the Washington Post, to basically give their thoughts and their ideas credibility. So they basically, the Washington Post, they quote them as saying, for seven years between 2010 and 2017, uh, right-wing violent extremists committed a third of all the acts of domestic terrorism in the U.S. And yet I could find nothing of Antifa or BLM in the entire bill. They talk nothing about the murders in Chicago, nothing about any of that. Does this surprise you at all, Tim? No, it doesn't. But we got to look at what they're trying to accomplish and what they're using as domestic terrorists uh, that has happened is they consider hate crimes. And it's, you know, our current corrupt court systems or people who say any white that kills a black is a hate crime. So it's a domestic terrorist because it was done by a white supremacist. It's all um, incorrect statements. It's, it's a way to um, put us all in a box so that they can uh, attack us easy, more easy. Um, and th this is the problem. They're not domestic terrorist actions against the government. That's what would make a person a domestic terrorist. And we're not domestic terrorists. Uh, our founding fathers were labeled domestic terrorists by England, and they embraced that fact. So I think anything that this corrupt government does uh, to uh, label us, we should embrace as being domestic terrorists and just look at it with a smile. 
Yeah, I like that. No, you're absolutely right. And 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 we need to uh, we also need to start using some of the Alinsky tactics back like like the, one of the ones that they use all the time is the um, is the uh, tactic number five ridicule is man's most potent weapon. And that's exactly really what they're doing. And I mean, how, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me in the past, well, we can't play with Alinsky rules or the left's rules because they're so unprincipled. How would you handle answering that? I tell people all the time, the one problem with uh, Republicans is, is we, we try to play clean in a dirty game. Uh, did our founding fathers fight the revolution the way wars were fought at the time? Did the Sons of Liberty walk out field to field and march up and get shot? No, they hid behind fences and trees. They fought dirty tactics at the time. You're not going to win a revolution against an overpowered enemy by fighting by their rules. So, folks, we're not going to win back our nation by playing fair. They have the media against us. They have the money. They have the upper military. They, they utilize everything that they have that we have built for them against us. So by playing by the rules that, that we set as being compassionate Republicans is just dangerous. I know. I agree. And in fact, Alinsky himself says uh, that the, the way he educates the left is play as dirty as you can. It's almost as if you hit below the belt. You want to stop and take a step back and say, I'm sorry, but don't do it. You know, hit them with everything you've got. So this is the game they're playing and we are simply not playing at all. So folks, this is so important for us to understand the tactics that they are setting. You know, in 2000. 19, the same year that they proposed that legislation uh, in Congress, I got to tell you, the FBI came out with a homegrown violent extremist mobilization indicators handbook. That's what they call it, an indicators handbook. And this is a this is a book that basically defines for agents of the FBI how to recognize what a domestic violent extremist looks like. And the way they do that is they say, if you notice any outbursts or behavior, this is their quote, by the way, including any violent behavior or any kind of advocacy that results in exclusion or rejection by family or community, then you're considered what they call an HVE, homegrown violent extremist. I mean, I, I just, I don't even know how our agents are supposed to really process that because Obama did the same thing in, uh, in, uh, when he first took over. And I don't know if you recall that, Tim, uh, when Obama took over and he kind of basically replaced all the top echelon in our military. And then he changed all the handbooks. They couldn't use the words jihad and, uh, and any other things that make, make Islamist uh, terrorists look bad. Do you remember that? Oh, I do. And I want to put a fun spin on what you just said. Okay. Sure. Because you just basically explained how the King of England and parliament would have, uh, 
described the founding fathers, but let's look at it from the founding fathers perspective. And I'm going to give a people the way to find out who the true domestic terrorists, the enemies of the United States are. Anybody on Facebook, when you mentioned that you're anti-mask or anti-vaccine that attacks you, calls your names or calls you out, they're domestic terrorists. They are trying to overthrow America. Anybody, when you say you supported Donald Trump and they say you, you, you know, you're a white supremacist, you're anything like that, they're the domestic terrorists. Let's flip it mm-hmm. because they're the people trying to destroy the exact document that created our nation, not us. So I love it when government comes out and calls us domestic terrorists because it's the domestic terrorists calling us domestic terrorists. They're just flipping the narrative. And so we just need to flip it back and, and realize that anytime anybody brings up this terminology like AOC or a Bernie Sanders or anybody like that who brings up that we're white supremacists and, and, and everything like uh, we're Trump supporters, uh, they're the domestic terrorists. They're the ones trying to tear down America so they could build it up into their socialist utopia. So just flip the narrative. Yeah, because they truly are. They are setting us up for a big fall here. And they use, um, you know, they, they use uh, pow- number one tactic. Number one, power isn't just what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. And, and they love creating these illusions uh, for the uh, American people, for the world, really, to believe. We've seen it with the Wuhan virus and all the restrictions. You know, it's it's all a big illusion. And they, they take one kernel of truth and then they blow it up in a way to create such fear uh, that people beg for the government to step in and uh, and come to our rescue, really, is what they're doing. Do you agree with that? I do. And I want to I want to correct one misconception that conservatives, evangelicals, people of faith have before I have to step away. And thank you so much for allowing me on your show. But the misconception we have is we believe that they're attacking Rudy Giuliani. We believe that they're attacking uh, President Trump, who they're really attacking is us. And this is the reason. Trump is able to unite us. And we, as Republicans, tend to divide around topics. We have people who are pro-life or pro-gun, and and we separate. We all want to run our own organization, and we don't fit under the same umbrella, and we don't unite fight the the corruption that is the Democrats. So they knew that by separating us from somebody who could unite us, that they could win this battle. So the true attack, people, is you. You are the target. If you are a person of faith, you are the target. If you are a person who works, you are the target. If you are a person who believes in the Constitution, you are the target. So you are the enemy of the government. All they've done is remove the general from the battlefield. And they're trying to separate us from the general. We cannot allow this to happen. We have to find a way to unite without President Trump and to stand up for evil wherever it is. And thank you so much, Kathy, for having me on today. Well, that was fantastic, Tim. I look forward to speaking with you uh, in the future, too. Uh, You have a beautiful day. Thank you for everything that you've shared with us as well. All right. Take care. God bless. Yeah. God bless you as well, folks. There you have it. Um, That was just an amazing. I got so much out of that. Um, Now, once again, you know, you can find um, Tim Alders. He's he's one of the longest uh, running, if not the uh, members uh, at Malcolm Out Loud and been there from the beginning. And I can see why uh, he is part of this fantastic family. 
but I want to go on and I want to explain to you one other thing, but he had some really good points there. And I totally agree with everything he said. We have to just be so vigilant going forward and understand this is all psychology that's being used against us. And we have to wake up to it because we're never going to turn this around uh, unless we understand the rules that they're playing the game with. If you, you, I, I want to take you down memory lane. If you recall years ago, this is when uh, John McCain was running, uh, was campaigning rather against uh, Obama. And he was at a town hall. And I'll never forget this. Some lady asked him, hey, you know, can you tell us, Mr. McCain, do you believe that Obama is a, an Arab, an Islamist sympathizer. And now McCain had two choices there. Well, three, really, he could have said no, he could have said yes, or he could have said, I don't know. He chose no. He said emphatically, no. Why did he do that, folks? Think about it. Did he know for a fact? No, he didn't know for a fact. It's far better for Republicans, conservatives to leave that door open when we don't know. Why are we protecting the other side? So we go even further than simply believing them. We actually, you know, we we actually go further and we protect them. They don't do that with us. In January 27th. Now, remember, this is just a week, one week after the inauguration day. And our DHS issued something called a National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin. It was apparently unprecedented up, uh, 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 for, its, uh, for its, its message. And in it, they completely reversed an assessment that they came out with just three months before in October 2020. Because back in 2020, they were, they were talking about that many of the incidents, over 300, in fact, during the months of nightly unrest there in the summertime last year in Portland, Oregon, and what, Brooklyn, uh, New York, and also Kenosha, Wisconsin. And they were saying that over 300 injuries or deaths occurred against DHS law enforcement officers. And they blamed it where the blame belonged on Antifa. So why is it that just three months later, the DHS would issue something called a National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin and flip-flop entirely? This is what they say in that bulletin. Listen to this. Quote, information suggests that some ideologically motivated violent extremists with objections to the exercise of governmental authority and the presidential transition, as well as other perceived grievances fueled by false narratives, you see how they flip that? Could continue to mobilize or incite or commit violence. So they actually are setting the stage. There's no other way to look at this. They go on to say, quote, domestic violent extremists have been targeting people with opposing views over the last year, motivated by everything from anger over COVID-19 restrictions to the 2020 election results. You see how they do this? 
Yeah, this is a problem, folks. They are setting us up. We need to start using common sense and start fighting back. And I love what Tim had to say. Let's embrace it. Do you notice how he came on and said, oh, hello, fellow <laughs> extremists, fellow violent extremists. Let's embrace it. And let's take the cues from President Trump when he tells us we need to start calling fraudulent elections the big lie. That's what we need to start calling it. It is the big lie, unlike what Liz Cheney said. Did you hear her come out in the last couple of days? Oh, my Lord, we need to get her out of there. Yeah, she came out once again talking trash about Trump. And she basically said that there was no fraud in this election. Okay, Mr. John McCain, how the hell do you know that? This is what really irritates me about these rhinos. She doesn't know. She's not in there. She's not up in Arizona and Maricopa County watching what's going on. She's not up in Wyndham, uh, North, uh, New Hampshire or Georgia. Folks, we're finding fraud all over the place. And they want us to believe that there's no fraud. You got to really question authority when they make no sense. And there is no question. She, she's not making any sense. I mean, I just don't understand. What baffles me even more than what rhinos come out and say is why are we believing what we're being fed? That's what I don't get. It's so infuriating for me. You know, I'll tell you, before the, um, before the election in 2020, I, I, I'd go around, and, and I do still, I go around speaking all over the state of Florida on what I call the Florida Deplorable Book Tour. <laughs> but um, I can remember before the election, I mean, it, it, it's a totally different feel out there today than it was before the election. Because before the election, you had so many patriots come up. They'd raise their hand, actually, at the end of my speech, and they'd say, I don't know what you're so worried about. You know, this, this election is going to be, it's just going to be a landslide. There's just no way around it. And, and, and I would look at them like, oh, my goodness, they have a real awakening. They have no clue. They're the same ones who say, our country is too big to fail, which, by the way, we're going to be talking a lot about that with Trevor Loudon when he comes up next. I can't wait to talk to him about some of the questions I have for him um, because people think we are too big to fail. Well, that's the same thing folks thought in Venezuela. And everything that we're going through right now, everything that we're seeing, just like Tim said, that uh, back in the Roman days, you know, they looked back in history and they they took the, the good from the good and, and left the bad behind, supposedly. But 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 that misses also the good versus evil uh, aspect to whoever's in charge, because really, whoever is in charge is the one who's going to pick what they think is the good versus the bad from history, right? So that's what we have to be extremely guarded about. No, Tim was an incredible guest. I loved having his perspective. And 
You know, there's an Alinsky saying, I want to share this with you because this is, this is one of those that when I go around and speak, this is one of those that, that just stay in people's minds. And by the way, those people who would say to me, there's, there's just no, you know, there's no way we're going to lose this election. And I would say, well, you know, you're not counting fraud coming into it. Because if you remember, there was a guy named Robert Epstein who came before Congress. No, it's not the one who hung himself. <laughs> but he went before Congress uh, months and months before the election. And he did a bunch of Google Analytics. And he was a specialist in uh, IT and computers and software and all that good stuff. And he said, and he was a Hillary Clinton supporter. So he was a Democrat. But he was so concerned about the elections that he came forward and asked to testify in front of Congress because he wanted to make sure that Congress knew and that the American people understood that Google could sway our elections by anywhere from 10 to 30 million votes coming up on the last days of the actual election day. And that always scared me. That's really where I was focusing more on once I heard that. But those people who came out and said that we, you know, were so good at being caught with our pants down, <laughs> literally, you know, we just, we don't see it coming. We can't let that happen this time around, folks. We have got to stay on top of what is going on, what they're doing to us, and and, and pick it apart. That's what I try to do through an Alinsky tactic because, you know, Malcolm is always astounded by this, by this fact. But whenever I tell him I was a flaming liberal, yes, I used to be a flaming liberal from California. That's where I got indoctrinated. And I slowly progressed back to my conservative views which I've held, I was an independent for 25 years after, uh, after Ross Perot. He started getting my mind thinking straight again. There's always a trigger and that's what's going on right now too. And we can't forget that. People say, well, why aren't people waking up faster? Try to remember if you were like me, a Democrat at one time or an independent, try to remember what triggered you. It was Ross Perot for me from Democrat to independent. And then in 2015, it was Trump that triggered me to, to become a Republican. And I recognized immediately with both Perot and with Trump that they were the only ones who could save our country because I even saw the evil back then because I was a flaming liberal. I, I learned from their own tactics, but Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals is their Bible. They all read it. That's when I read it. And I highly encourage you to read that or pick up a copy of my book. It's, it's available on, on um, America Out Loud. And I take every one of his ta tactics, the left's tactics, and open up a chapter with each one so you can understand how that's being used against us. But there was... One of the most striking quotes in, in Alinsky's book that I, that I requote in mine because it just hit me so strong. And this should hit you just as strong. And what he said was this, quote, the judgment of history 
leans heavily on the outcome of success or failure. It spells the difference between the trader and the patriotic hero. There can be no such thing as a successful trader. For if one succeeds, he becomes a founding father. That's powerful. And what he's really saying there is the winner is going to be able to redefine what our country is going forward. They're going to be able to remake history. This is what we're seeing today. This is why they're taking such great pains to change all of our children's educational books into all this garbage about critical race theories. Folks, we're in trouble. We got to understand what this means. You see, if they, if they are the victors, and we have one last stab at this, if they succeed, our grandchildren, even our youngest children today, are not going to know about our founding fathers, what they really thought. Look at how they're tearing down the monuments. We're being censored all over social media. You think this is not by design? Trust me, they know exactly what they're doing and they're whittling away at it little bit by little bit because we're not standing up strong enough. But so when you see people, by the way, that you know are out there and they're not woke yet, they haven't awakened to what you and I know, what patriots know. We have to remember, we need, everybody does this in their own time. We can't just snap our fingers and have them wake up. We have to continue getting the truth out there because something's going to trigger them. We don't know what it is. So we've only just begun here, folks. Don't go anywhere and make sure it's, it's, it's our job to bring you the truth but it's your job to share that truth wide and out loud, folks. This is no time to be timid. It's no time to go into a corner and wring your hands. We have got to get this message out there. So, folks, thanks for joining me for this first hour. And I will see you after a few breaks from our sponsors. Don't forget to support them, too. and soul of a nation beckons the call the voice of our forefathers heard in the distance a house divided against itself cannot stand to reclaim our honor honor our soul the challenges of a generation call out future generations hang in the balance we choose liberty this is the voice of a nation the nation the nation the nation and now malcolm Hey folks, welcome to the second hour of The Big Setup. That's what we're being uh, experiencing right now is The Big Setup. This is Kathy Chamberlain, your host here uh, today on uh, America Out Loud. 
And this is the voice of a nation. And we just experienced an incredible first hour with uh, Tim Alders. And we were talking all about uh, what the FBI is doing, Congress, how they're setting us up as white terrorists, basically. We are now the terrorists and they are setting themselves up to be the patriots. I think we got a lot of that out of Tim and um, boy, did he have a lot to share with us. So basically, we're going to wrap it up here today in this final hour with I am so incredibly honored to bring to you a world-renowned author, his uh, best-selling book, The Enemies Within. He reveals 100 U.S. Congress members and 20 U.S. senators who couldn't even pass background checks, folks. And that's because of their alliances with socialists and communist movements. Now, this is Trevor Loudon I'm about to introduce you to. And Trevor and I have been uh, passing each other's paths over the past couple of years as he speaks at different functions. And I've opened for him. I've been very, very honored to. This is this man has more knowledge about socialism and communism than anybody I personally have met. Um, and that's in all honesty. Now, his latest book, if you haven't heard about it, it's called White House Reds. And it names the communists, the socialists, and security risks running for president in the U.S. in 2020. Having immigrated legally, he came here from New Zealand to America years ago, and he's really been trying to sound the alarm ever since, just to wake us up because he sees exactly what's going on. We're going to ask him about that in a bit, um, about how he got here. Uh, and how he recognizes communism way before any of us really ever did. But he's traveled to every state here in the lower 48 in the United States and has spoken to over 500 audiences. But his message has always remained consistent. The United States is heading toward a brutally tyrannical socialist revolution. And if America goes down, every freedom country follows. So, we opened recently, by the way, for General Flynn, and uh, I think uh, it brought us a little bit closer together because there's nothing like a, a heat stroke to bring two people under the same tent. Trevor, welcome to my show. Thank you for joining. Hey, thanks for having me on, Kathy. It's an honor. Good to, <laughs> good to talk to you again. Yeah, you know, I've never really asked you, even though we've met quite a few times, and I do consider you a friend now after that that yep. tent experience and folks yeah, yeah. just just so you know we're talking about when we both opened here for um general flynn down in bradenton florida it was such an incredible patriotic rally and they had it outside it was on pavement and it was so hot and oh my gosh trevor i my heart went out to not just you but everybody else who was there without uh some covering but who who would have thought you know i was fortunate enough to bring a tent because i just happened to think of it at the last minute but uh, that was a hot day <laughs> oh yeah i got a little bit of sunburn out that day i'll tell you i think you everybody did actually i could see you getting sunburnt by the minute well tell us about how you came to america from your home country new zealand and and what happened there that woke you up and caused you to start warning us over here about the dangers of communism? Look, look, well, look New Zealand was saved by the U.S. military during World War II from invasion by the Japanese. And so it was, it was a very really strong memory when I was growing up, you know, the gratitude. 
1984, we elected a socialist Labour government, and one of the first things they did was to ban nuclear warships from our harbours. And that meant basically the destruction of the Australia-New Zealand-United States military alliance. It was killed stone cold dead. And I was pretty upset about this, as a lot of New Zealanders were, because we were kicking America out of our country when we owed our survival to, to the United States. So I did a lot of research into who was behind this, who was behind the so-called peace movement. And it was all communists. It was all pro-Soviet communists. And uh, I actually met a guy who had infiltrated the New Zealand Communist Party for our security services. So he was a government spy inside the communists. And he went to Moscow to train in 1983. And at a big, the Lenin's Institute for Higher Learning, 6,000 students, he was there for three months. And he was there when they planned New Zealand's anti-nuclear stand. He was helped to implement it. He helped to design it. It was all done by the Soviet experts because they were trying to destroy NATO at the time, the, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. They were having big anti-nuclear marches through Europe, et cetera, all funded and directed by the Soviet Union because their idea was if you could destroy NATO, the Soviets could conquer Europe as the preliminary for conquering everywhere. And uh, so, but they, Reagan was giving them a hard time. So they diverted their attention to New Zealand. And their logic was, if we can get New Zealand out of the nuclear alliance, um, that will spur on the destruction of NATO in Europe. Now, these people are chess players. If they're blocked somewhere, they'll go somewhere else. And um, so, so I, I, what I learned from this guy was that most of what we see coming out of the the Democratic Party in the States or the British Labour Party or the Canadian Liberal Party comes from Moscow, comes from the communist movement. So the communists come up with a policy. They um, give it to the communists of the target country who then make it labour union policy because they mainly control the labour unions and then they make it Democrat policy. So that's how we get Obamacare. That's how we got a nuclear deal with Iran. That's how we have the Green New Deal. All these Democrat policies are communist policies. So he really taught me how to study, how to research. I, and doing that, I, I discovered the ties between Obama and the Hawaiian communist Frank Marshall Davis. I discovered the communist background of Obama's green jobs are Van Jones. And Glenn Beck used that information to get Jones kicked out of the White House. Glenn Beck used to use tons of my information on his chalkboards, you know, his famous wow. chalkboards. Yep. And, um, and, and I just started getting invited to conferences in the United States. Now I live here and I've done tons of archival research. And I say, as, I said, as you said before, there's about a, we're in a communist revolution right now. The Biden cabinet is full of communists. Biden has a Marxist background. Kamala Harris is a red diaper baby. And at least 100 members of the Congress and 25 members of the Senate are so involved in the communist movement that they couldn't pass a background check to drive a school bus. So that's sort of where we are now. And that's how I got to, to my involvement 
and where and, and all of this. That is incredible. Now that that gentleman that you you learned so much from, uh, did he then come back to New Zealand and 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 turn against uh, his indoctrinators? Well, How see, that- what he what he 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 had he had never really been a communist. He was a tanker driver. He was an oil tanker driver in Wellington, and the communists uh, controlled the tanker drivers' union. And he was a hard worker. He would go and do his deliveries. And the communists would tell him, you've got to take six hours to do this delivery, not three. And he would buck that. And they threatened to take his union card off him. So he, uh, he, got, he decided to get even with these people. And he, uh, he sort of became one of them. He started handing out their newspapers at meetings. And they, they eventually asked him to join. But, the, but how he had to join was his initiation process he had to start a strike that paralyzed petrol delivery deliveries in the whole of uh, over a quarter of New Zealand. And that was his admission to the communist party. And so, and then he uh, got involved with our security intelligence service. This was after he was in the communist party and he became a, a government informant on the communists. So when uh, we elected the David Longy, a prime minister in 1984, he was so untrustworthy that our New Zealand Security Intelligence Service told my friend he had to get out of the Communist Party because they could no longer trust, uh, protect him because the prime minister was head of the Security Intelligence Service and they believed he would have, if they had told him, told the prime minister about this informant, um, that he would have exposed it to the communists and they would have either beaten him up or killed him. So he had to get out of it and he, uh, he's dead now, but he, uh, he did campaign against them, but not, not very openly. But I spent a lot of time interviewing him and, and he uh, really exposed the communist movement for me, but he exposed how they work. And that's the critical thing that, that most of what we see coming out of the Democratic Party comes out of the communist movement it is we are living in a communist regime right now we just don't quite understand it because it hasn't really fully consolidated its power yet yeah and we did have plenty of forewarning um even in my book i reference uh judicial watch that came out with a report before Obama was uh, put in office. And they kind of examined all of the czars that he was considering, Van Jones, of course, being one. Um, And and the backgrounds of these people. I mean, there's one that actually, one of Obama's czars that was a member of NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy Association. I mean, these people are sick. Um, but you're right, Glenn Beck brought a lot of that to my attention as well. And I mean, you're in good company because just uh, just the other day, Sidney Powell came out on a, a small radio show um, saying that basically we're under a communist totalitarian regime now already. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah, she blasted the the uh, Justice Department for, of course, uh, Giuliani's raid. I mean, if anything screams out uh, totalitarian, tyrannical, it's it's that. But she said that they're feeding um, 
lies basically to the American people every day. This is a quote from her. She said, just the fact that they're saying Biden is president is a lie because we still have to resolve the election issue. We all know that. And then she goes on to say, quote, we are living under a communist totalitarian regime. If the voting machines uh, companies had nothing to hide, they wouldn't be hiding anything. You probably know all yeah. about that. Yeah, well, look, look, if if Hugo Chavez or Fidel Castro was in the White House right now, nothing would be different than it is now. <laughs> it would be they are following the plan. They're following the plan exactly as Fidel Castro would do it or Hugo Chavez. And we know pretty sure that Chavez maintained his power through vote fraud. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, look, look, the communists work in a different ethical system than we do. You know, cheating, lying and stealing from capitalists is perfectly fine, perfectly legitimate. It's it's because it feeds the revolution. It, it, anything that serves a revolution is morally OK. So, yeah, we, we are we are in a communist revolution now. We're not about to go into one. We are in one. We're not about to go over the cliff. We're already over the cliff. We're hanging on by our fingernails and trying to claw our way back up. That's where we are right now. And until a lot more people realize that, we are, we are going to lose it. We have hope. There is hope there. But a heck of a lot more people have to wake up and face reality before we can really talk about hope. And, and yeah, exactly what, what, what you're saying about by any means necessary is, is, you know, of course, what the left goes by. And what a lot of people don't know is that Sololinsky, as you know, I, my book is all based on him, but he also wrote, aside from the 13 tactics, he's got 11 rules of ethics of means and ends, which most people have never even heard of. But basically what they say uh, what they define, they, they, they give like parameters, how unethical they're allowed to be. And it's all weighted to uh, how important the goal to be achieved is. So if the goal yeah. is huge, like turning us into a communist country, then it, ethics be damned. I mean, there, there's no ethics. That's why so many Americans, they look at it and say, they don't believe that this unethical behavior is unintentional a lot of times they try to blame it on that these people just are ignorant or they don't yeah. know. But what do you well, it's say? A horrible, it's a horrible, so, you know, Americans have lived for, for 200 years in the freest, richest, um, most ethical country the world has ever known. Most Americans, uh, you know, are brought up with Christian ethics. They know that's the standard. And even if they don't live up to it all the time, they at least know that's the standard. And they expect their leaders to to follow those standards to an even greater degree than they do. And they just, they can't, when, when their leaders are clearly working to destroy their country, it, it's a big cognitive distance for most people. They, they can't get it. This can't be deliberate. This must be just stupidity. They can't believe that their leaders are evil or malicious, they just think they are stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's a very fatal mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, Obama is not stupid. Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi are not stupid. They are evil. That's the reality. They want to destroy this country. They want to bring it to its knees. Joe Biden is just their puppet. 
Joe, we're living right now in a really a Harris Obama China administration. And we have so many of our leading politicians on both sides of the house, but mainly in the Democrats who have bought into this. They are going along with it and uh, they will sell the country out. They will destroy the country because they think they're going to have their place will be secure and that they will live well while the rest of us live in poverty and misery and slavery. And so, yeah, th this is the big, this is really the big thing that people have to confront. They have to confront the reality of the situation. And, and even two years ago, you know, or see when Obama was in power, I used to talk about the communist revolution then, and people mm -hmm. could see it academically. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but it will never get that bad. Well, now they're looking at it and uh, they're thinking, gosh, well, now they're realizing how bad it is. But the problem is it may possibly be too late. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that as well. Um, and, you know, you just have to really kind of take a look at another country and what they've gone through, like Venezuela. You know, people don't realize that 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 whole country that was the richest country in Latin America. Now it's the yep. poorest, and it, it the downslide started what in '98 because they promised everything for free. Same thing. Yep. This is a pattern that they do, folks. You know, they promise everything for free, and it sounds all great up front from education, uh, medical care, even a guaranteed annual income. We're hearing a lot of of, of talk yep. about that. Right. And 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 what did they do? I mean, they they were rich because they they had more oil reserves than, than the entire world, really. Uh, they took the privatized oil industries and they took over and put their people in charge. And then it just became completely out of control because they didn't know what they were doing. They ran it into the ground. They um, they even uh, replaced all of it with climate change friendly alternatives. How many times have we heard that? And in, in fact, um, I, I, in my second chapter is Viva la Revolucion. It's all about this. And a reporter once asked Hugo Chavez before he was elected, she asked him, how, how much are you going to cut the oil uh, uh, out uh, and replace it with um, natural energy? And he said, 100%. He would, I, I mean, there was no even hesitation and then they got into the expanded Supreme Court, abolishing Second Amendment, limited free yeah. speech. We're there, aren't we, Trevor? We, we are. Look, if you'd lived in Venezuela in about 2000, you'd be experiencing just what um, you're going through in America today. And the Venezuelans took a long time to wake up to it. You know, they Chavez was in there a long time doing what he was doing before people woke up to it. By the time they woke up to it, there's nothing they could do because he'd taken control of the elections, the Supreme Court. Uh, he had Cuban, uh, lots of Cuban troops in the, on the soil. So they, they were really un, into it. And if you don't believe any of this, just go and find a Cuban. Go and find a Venezuelan. And they're tearing their hair out right now. They're all bald right now because they, they, um, they've been tearing their hair out because they're seeing these Americans are doing exactly what they just fled from. Well, they sell their hair too. <laughs> well, they do. They do that to make anything. Look, you can't buy milk powder. You can't buy toilet paper. You can't buy chicken. You can't buy cooking oil. The people are starving. And th this, is, this, is something, this is something, one of the most scary things of this. It ties to, to Venezuela. 
They had 30 million people a few years ago. Now they've got 24 million because mm-hmm. 6 million of them have fled the country. 20% of the population's gone. Many of them have come here, but many of them have gone into refugee camps in Brazil and Colombia. Well, Venice, Mexico now has a communist president. He is part of the same groups that Hugo uh, Chavez and... Uh, and Nicolas Maduro belonged to the Sao Paulo Forum, pro-Cuban communist. I am told that he has midterm elections this year. He is going to take the country full-on Venezuela. Now, you imagine that the Mexican economy is already in trouble. He's going to go full-on socialist. You've got 130 million people in Mexico. Where are 20% of those going to go, do you think? Interesting. That's a that really a interesting. That, yep. that is the plan. The communists here, especially the Liberation Road communists, the people who gave you Black Lives Matter, pro-Chinese communists, they say that Mexico will play more of a role in the American communist revolution than even Cuba and China. And by that, they mean they're going to flood this country with 20 to 30 million refugees coming across the border. You imagine what that's going to do. No kidding. Now, I have not heard that anywhere else, but it makes so much sense when you when you bring that together. And Maduro over there now, Chavez's replacement, his uh, predecessor, um, I mean, they have goons running around the streets, just like Antifa now. And, and, and there no citizens even have any guns anymore. That's, That's a scary thing. People think it's going to be so hard to take their guns away. Don't they, Trevor, when you go to speeches, don't they say they're not getting my guns out of my dead cold fingers? And look, I'll tell you this. If you're sitting on your door, if if somebody opens your door, and the three deputies there, they say, we want your guns. Your wife's in your ear screaming at you. Your kids are crying around your knees. The cops are saying, take it. We want your guns or we're going to arrest you. What are 95% of people going to do? Right. And it, it even goes further than that. What people don't understand, we saw, I call it now, get stoned, Roger Stone's uh, whole um, uh, SWAT team scenario there that Roger Stone went yeah. through. You know, it's not even that they, they, they create all the chaos when they, when they ram the door of your home. It's what happens afterwards, because they'll haul your husband off and then tell you that he's facing 20 years in jail um, or hard labor camp by then, I'm sure. And you won't get him back um, until you give up those guns. So people don't realize how easy it happens. Look, yeah, look, it's delusional to think that we're going to be saved by weapons. You know, I'm glad people have their weapons. I'm glad we have a second amendment that will save you from civil unrest. It will save you from the criminals that might come and try and break your door down, but it will not save you from the government. Now, now there's people out there will tell you, they'll tell you, look, we're gonna, we're, we're not gonna worry about voting or elections anymore. We're gonna march on Washington. We got all the guns. Well, <laughs> the big assumption they make is that the US military would be on their side, okay? Mm-hmm. Because where they know there's so many patriotic soldiers, etc. but you gotta understand Obama had eight years to purge every patriotic general, and he did it. 
and he replaced them with time servers, with Democrats, with globalists, with go-along-to-get-along types. The military it will side with the government. So you're, trying to, you're going to be trying to fight the U.S. military on your own soil. And then and by some miracle, by some miracle, there is a successful uprising. How long do you think it would be before the, the Democrats brought their Russian and Chinese and Iranian and Cuban and Venezuelan friends, soldiers onto American soil? Well, and we've, I mean, we've witnessed this just the most recent case is Hong Kong. Same yeah. thing. We've seen exactly how this is going to play out. And it only took them what I, they started really cracking down in 2019. That was only two years ago. They were considered once the freest country in the world. Yeah. And now they're arresting lawmakers. I mean, they just arrested, what, 50 of their own congressmen and, and activists. And I think uh, seven of them were just sentenced a couple of weeks ago to five years in in prison. These are like our Matt Gates, and many of them are facing lifetime in prison, which, let me ask you this, Trevor, which country in, in recent years would you say uh, share the, the most recent signs leading up to what we're experiencing in, in, in today? Would it be Hong Kong, or, or, or do you have a different take? Well, look, this is Venezuela, this is Hong Kong, um, this is the Arab Spring, you know, the mm -hmm. uh, that went through some, you know, countries like Tunisia, uh, etc. This was all orchestrated by communists and the U.S. State Department, of course. So, but yeah, Hong Kong is a good example. But um, you know, South Korea right now is undergoing what we're going. They're they're virtually now conquered by North Korea. Mm -hmm. They are they are have a communist president. He is curtailing civil liberties. He's clamping down on people he doesn't like, and he's aligning himself with China and North Korea. So they're undergoing it right now. You know, Colombia is just in the... Uh, Colombia and Chile are undergoing communist revolutions right now. So this is happening in quite a few countries. To, to it sure is. What about Australia? Because I'm hearing a lot about uh, just kind of sneaking through here information. What do you say? Well, look, Australia is a lot better off than New Zealand. I'll tell you that. Wow. Um, New Zealand has a communist prime minister, Jacinda Ardern. And what she's doing is um, she's bringing, making Maori, the Maori, native Maori people, equal partners in government, which is a long-time communist plan. She's, she's going to politicise. She's going to introducing laws that can jail you for criticizing or bringing politicians into disrepute. And she's aligning the country with China and basically uh, against the United States and Australia and Canada and Britain. So she's, she's bringing New Zealand into the communist fold. In Australia, uh, you've got Scott Morrison, who's a prime minister, who's a conservative Christian. He's pretty good. But Victoria, see, Australia has seven states. It's a federal system like, like America. And Victoria, where most of these horror stories are coming out of, that's the California of Australia. That is hardcore. That's the, that Melbourne is the, like the Berkeley or the San Francisco of Australia. And so you, most of those horror stories are actually coming out of, uh, out of Victoria. And Scott Morrison himself is, is pretty darn good. And he's standing up against the... Uh, um, 
he's standing up against the Chinese and he's, he's not overburdening the people too much with the COVID restrictions, though they are in Victoria. So, look, look, this is happening all over the world to some degree or another. It sure it all, is. All of it, you know, you hear the horror stories coming out of Canada, you know, arresting pastors and oh, yeah. you know, raiding, raiding, you know, gatherings and, and the same thing's happening in Britain. And so you've got a few countries that are, are going in the right direction. Well, let's hold on to that thought. Going in the uh, wrong direction. Let's hold on to that thought because I want to give people a little bit of hope. I, it's just so grim uh, everywhere you look, pr- uh, pretty much, Trevor. And uh, before we uh, end this first half hour here, um, I can't wait to hear what you have to say on the other side of this. But, folks, don't touch that dial because you are listening to The Voice of a Nation uh, with Kathy Chamberlain. And my guest and friend, best-selling author Trevor Loudon here at America Out Loud, we do take on the challenges of our generation so we can preserve future generations, but we can't do it alone. So please support our sponsors and share our messages far and out loud. We will be right back. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called shoptotheright.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you Find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, It's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, 
focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Hey, welcome back. Our guest is Trevor Loudon. This is Kathy Chamberlain, a.k.a. the deplorable author. I'm so excited to have Trevor here as my first guest, really rolling out my um my time here at America Out Loud on The Voice of a Nation. I'm the newest member of Team Nation, and I couldn't have asked for a better group to join. Now, Trevor just explained to us during the first half hour here all about the doom and gloom really that's going on around the world, but he sure woke uh, a lot of people up, I think, with his message here, and he has been trying to wake people up for more than 30 years. I know that uh, Trevor has been um, researching the radical left, um, Marxist and terrorist movements, and their covert influence on mainstream politics for all that long. So he's one of the most well-spoken people that I know on this subject. That's why I wanted to get him in here today. And uh, if you listen to the first hour, with uh, Tim Alders, he kind of gave us a constitutional perspective as to um, how things are going to be looking in the future. Because that's we can't we can't really fight back unless we know what our constitutional laws are. And yet, uh, they're ensuring the left is ensuring to whittle them away one by one. So it's imperative that we stay up on the knowledge of what's going on all around us. Now, Trevor is the author of The Enemies Within. Um, and if you have not seen that DVD, oh my gosh, I have passed it around to so many of my family so that they could wake up because it really is just chock full of uh, important information. And as I said in the first half hour, um, he's the one who revealed that a hundred U.S. Congress members, now he tells me it's up to 25 senators, couldn't even pass background checks, folks, uh, because of their associations with socialist and communist movements. Can you imagine that? And I believe he's the one I learned that uh, from that Jerry uh, Nadler is even a card carrying, we'll have to find out, <laughs> communist, but uh, I'm not sure about that. But anyway, his latest book is called White House Reds, um, and the subtitle is Communists, Socialists, and Security Risks Running for U.S. President 2020. We're so fortunate to have him with us today. Trevor, by the way, what's the best place for people to get your book and to, and to get in touch with you? Yeah, just go to Trevor. Well, you can get me on Facebook. I'm still on Facebook. But you go to trevorloudon.com and Loudon is D-L-O-U-D-O-N. But don't Google it because it won't come up. Google won't bring it up. Put it in the search bar at the top of the page, you know, wow. in your browser. Get my books. Uh, go mm. to my website. Get my books there, my DVDs, etc. That That enemies within was seen three million times on Amazon Prime. But 
was taken down about two weeks before the election, I believe. Unbelievable. Everybody's been censored so highly, folks. That's why it's so important when you get information like this from people who have done so much research on it, you got to share. Otherwise, it just falls flat. Now, we've been discussing um, here on the show today the fall of other democracies. And Trevor and I just spoke in the last half hour uh, about Venezuela and Hong Kong. And, and, you know, how close we are here in the United States of America. The most common refrain that you'll hear is we're too big to fail. I've been hearing that for many, many years. I'm sure Trevor has too. Make sure to listen to our first half hour, but also the first hour um, with, uh, with Tim Alders, all about uh, the, the Constitution and what's being done to it today. But in this segment, what I want to talk about is kind of what are the dangers ahead and, and the signs to look for so that we can recognize them. And then lastly, I, I want to leave the audience, our audience with hope uh, because there's got to be things we can do. And I know Trevor's got some answers. Trevor, um, what are you seeing in America that scares you the most leading up to uh, the communism we find ourselves in today? Well, yeah, as Tim was addressing, you know, uh, the conservatives, Trump supporters, patriots are going to be lined up as the new um, insurrectionists, the white supremacists, the Nazis, and, and they're heading for, for major suppression. You know, their businesses being shut down, their people being put in jail, etc. So that's that's coming. But the main things right now are what they're going to, well, two, two main things. A, there's going to be a massive move to gut the US military so that we can no longer uh, no longer um, stand up against China mm -hmm. and Russia. And that's happening now because, well, they're going to cancel, they're going to cut the budget tremendously. But um, right now they're purging the military of the remaining patriots and Christians and conservatives. So they have an army that will carry out the socialist revolution. And the other thing is, uh, well, they're going to legalize, you know, mail-in voting across the country to try and make vote fraud the norm and uh, make Puerto Rico and Washington states so that they can give 40, uh, they have four more Democratic uh, senators and also legalize 22 million illegal immigrants and give them citizenship and voting rights to give themselves 17 or 18 million new Democratic voters. Right. And as you know, most elections are won or lost by less than 5 million votes. So that will create a permanent one-party state in America. That's, it sure will. Yeah. And I don't think people realize the importance of stopping HR1, which is yeah. the bill that's going to pretty much uh, make everything that happened in 2020 seem small in comparison. It legalizes all of it. And from what I understand, it even... Uh, makes it so that it, it, retroactively we can't go back and charge crimes against that uh, that election because the, it will make all the uh, like all the laws that were changed just prior to election uh, illegally unconstitutionally. Um, it's going to uh, retroactively make those legal. But um, yeah, we talked um, in the first hour, I talked with Tim, uh, Tim Alders all about the uh, the changes that are being made in Congress and in the FBI and the DHS and all of their training manuals, Trevor, they're changing it all to make it, it, it look as though we're the traitors and they're the patriots yeah. and everything's being flip-flopped. What signs yeah. 
should Americans watch for to gauge how close we're getting to the well, point of no return? You're going to see more and more of this. You're going to start to see people arrested uh, for, you know, for hate speech, for, um, you know, for, for things that would normally be considered patriotic. You're going to see harassment come down from government departments, etc. But the, the thing we got to look at is that almost every major committee in the U.S. Congress is now headed by a Marxist. And, and if you look at Benny Thompson, the head of Homeland Security, right? Mm. So he's the head of the home. He is the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. He's overseeing all of this. Well, Benny Thompson was heavily involved in the Communist Party back in the 80s. He's a congressman from Mississippi. But in in 2000, he went to Cuba to meet with Fidel Castro, and he arranged with with Fidel Castro to arrange for scholarships for young Americans to study medicine in Cuba for seven years, free uh, on the Cuban government, where they're also indoctrinated in communism. Many of these kids are the sons and daughters of communist part, American Communist Party members. So now those people are all around the states, basically working for, you know, many of them probably still working for the Cubans. And so Benny Thompson arranged that. He should be being investigated by the Homeland Security Department, not being the head of it. This is endemic. Every major committee in Congress, armed services, intelligence, um, the Judiciary Committee, which oversees the FBI and the Justice Department, as I say, that's that's led by Jerry Nadler, who's mm-hmm. been a card-carrying member of Democratic Socialists of America. He's a Marxist, yet he oversees the FBI and, and the Justice Department. So who do you think he's going to set the FBI and the Justice Department to go after? Communists, socialists, <laughs> terrorists, Black Lives Matter, or... Christians, conservatives, and patriots. Who do you think they're going to come after now? Absolutely. And and what's what's just so infuriating is that the Democrats are so good with getting um, Republicans, especially the patriots, off committees like Marjorie Taylor Greene. They know yeah. how to do that. It's it, it doesn't take much for them to remove our people. And yet you have a card-carrying Democrat socialist folks that's sitting right on such an incredibly important committee and and they're allowed to get away with it. Where are our well, people? Well, well, think about this. Eric Swalwell, the Democrat from California, was caught sleeping with mm-hmm. a Chinese spy. She helped to get him elected to Congress. She worked on his campaign. She got him elected. He was sleeping with her. He was revealed she's a Chinese spy, Nancy Pelosi refuses to take him off the Intelligence Committee. Incredible. serves on the Intelligence Committee overseeing the CIA, the FBI, FBI, the DEA, you name it. He's overseeing it and sleeping with a Chinese spy. Well, imagine if a Republican congressman was found sleeping with a Russian spy. (laughs) Do you think they would allow him to stay on the stay him on the intelligence, keep him on the intelligence committee, they'd be going ballistic about it. Absolutely. But, but Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are, are basically controlled by the Chinese now. Well, let's not forget Diane Feinstein. I mean, she had a well, a Chinese driver for 20 years. Well, no, no, it wasn't her driver. It was her office manager. 
her most highly paid staff member. I have seen Department of Defense documents that he was CC'd into. He was a communist spy for 20 years while she was serving on the Intelligence Committee. The only thing about Dianne Feinstein, I'd say, I don't know why they needed a Chinese spy in her office. With her she there. has worked so closely with the Chinese <laughs> for more than 20 years and the Soviets before that. It's unbelievable. She was bringing Soviet journalists to, to Stanford University when she was in college. She went to communist Yugoslavia with a trip and, and was, was supposed to involve meet, meeting Marshal Tito, the communist dictator. I don't know if that part of it happened. But she's been involved with the communists her entire career, 60 years. And they had a communist Chinese spy. There's a good photo on the internet you can find of Christine Fong, the Chinese spy who was sleeping with um, um, Eric Swalwell at, at, at the Chinese consulate in San Francisco. Her, the Chinese consul, and Russell Lowe, the spy who was working for Diane Feinstein. (laughs) I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. I'm glad you cleared me up about uh, not being her driver because it's so much more impactful for what you say um, that the the guy was. But but at the second, because that's the first I've heard that. But truly, Uh, he was my driver. Yeah, maybe he did driver occasionally, but he was her office manager. He was her liaison with the Chinese consulate. He was her surrogate for a whole bunch of meetings and uh, was getting Defense Department documents um, CC'd to him. And why? He's just her driver. I mean, why? How do we not? How do Republicans not? I remember reading about Fast and Furious and, you know, Grassley was all on top of that. And he really did a lot of good research in it. And it never goes anywhere. Who stops well, that stuff? Well, you have controlled opposition. You, you got Mitch McConnell, you know, head of the, um, you know, Republican Senate. You know, his wife, um, her family is so in with communist yes. China, you wouldn't believe. And so Mitch McConnell has made millions of dollars. His family's made millions of dollars trading with the Chinese. So you have Republicans that are making a lot of money with China. And so they're not going to do anything to upset that boat. You got a lot of people on Wall Street as well who donate to these Republican Congress members who are making lots and lots of money with China. See, this is how they do it in New Zealand too. The the left-wing party, the Labour Party, loves China. And the National Party, the Conservative Party, has so many of its members doing business deals with China, that China can do pretty much what it wants. Well, that's the same in America. You've got so many Republicans who are doing deals with China that they don't allow any of this stuff to go forward. They don't allow, they they would rather keep things on the, you know, just going nicely. Thanks very much. Like, like, um, you, you know, Elaine Chow, see, I, I, had, a, I had a good friend, um, Rick Fisher, who was working for the Heritage Foundation, you know, conservative foundation. Mm-hmm. And he's the expert on the Chinese military. He was writing all of these um, articles about the dangers of the Chinese military, while Elaine Chow was serving on the board of the Heritage Foundation at the time 
and she got him fired. Unbelievable. So this yeah. is how it works. These see. things go deep. I, you know, yeah. we could go on and on about <laughs> how how deep things are uh, at, at this point. But I want to I want to I want to I want to talk to you a little bit um, about hope and what and what possibilities we have, if any, of turning okay. this around. Because we could all use hope at this time and some direction. But I, I saw uh, that you had written. Um, in the Epoch Times and with your, um, this was just recently, by the way, it was called uh, uh, your Nine Starter Steps to Save America from Socialism. And yeah. I just love the article. I'm just curious with your accent, how do you pronounce the Epoch Times? Yeah, yeah I, I just say Epoch, Epoch Times, but some people <laughs> okay. say Epoch and yeah. I used well, to say epoch because that's how New Zealanders pronounce things. With your yeah. epoch is how most of the people who work there say it. <laughs> they've got they've got people from all over the world working there, so they say it different ways too. Uh, yeah, everybody does. Uh, but but I I found it fascinating because um, Alinsky uh, has a tactic number ten, and you really kind of followed this tactic with your nine starter steps, and that tactic is the major premise. Uh, for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure on the opposition. So, and the left, we know this, uh, Trevor, they do that with precision. They come from all flanks at all. When they pick their target, boy, they just throw everything at it. And um, this is, this is kind of how I looked at your nine starter steps. I really, really yeah. like them. I don't, we're not going to have time to go through all of them, but your first one, I, I, I really want you to talk a little bit about that face reality are enough of us awake. Are we? Well, no, <laughs> no, not a, look, there are groups spring, spring up all over the country. Now there are more people waking up than they ever have been. It's like the, the Tea Party all over again with the much younger demographic. Mm -hmm. And that gives me a lot of hope. But there's still a lot of people out there who think this is just the normal Democrat Republican turnaround and it's gonna come back in 2022. Yeah. Look, it's not gonna look, the Cubans swung to the left in 1959. They're still waiting for the pendulum to swing. That's back. right. You know, it doesn't nor it necessarily happen. So we gotta if we don't win, if we don't stop the Democrats destroying our elections before 2022, uh, we won't even have a 2022. I agree. But if we do, you know, we, we've got to take back the House. And I give some measures on how we can do that. But um, the first step, face reality, we're in a communist revolution. Uh, a lot of people think that President Trump's still secretly in charge and the military's still secretly on our side. It's yeah. total garbage mm -hmm. it is a lie designed to shut us up and keep us quiet and stop us acting president trump's not coming back on july 23rd or august the 15th or september the 12th none of that's going to happen we're in a revolution trump was outmaneuvered by the chinese the democrats and traitors traitors in his own party if he comes back it'll be in 2024 and we have to do a heck of a lot of work to even make that a remote possibility. We've got to face reality where we are. Get rid of the delusions. Yes. You are so right because I'm still hearing it out there and where people are and they're not even taking any action. They're just sitting back and, well, and saying well, that. Well, they're not because it's all in hand. 
Right. This is what they've been telling. QAnon was telling people this for years. Don't worry. Don't do anything. It's all in hand. There's a secret plan. Trust the plan. It was all a scam. It's still a scam. It was designed either by the Russians or the CIA or both to keep you, you know, inactive. Yeah, you know, I know. I know a lot of people are not going to. Millions of people are inactive. Yep. Well, I don't, I don't need to go to rally. I don't have to go door knocking. I don't have to get my friends to the polls. There's a plan. Don't worry. It's all under control. No, it wasn't. Yeah, the, no, those are those are extremely wise words. I, I, I agree with you with everything you just said there. And that leads me into I just want to go over one more of your um, of your statements here of the nine, uh, the nine starter steps. And, and that would be number two. I found that really interesting because you said close the Republican primaries immediately. And in that article, you said, quote, this should be a no brainer, but no one's talking about it. Only five U.S. states have truly closed, have truly closed Republican primaries. And that means that in most states, Democrats and independents, even communists can vote in Republican primaries. And they do. Uh, now, I was really kind of interested uh, uh, to hear that. It's a, a big lesson for 2022. Which do you do you recall which five states actually have closed uh, Republican primaries? So the audience well, can get Florida on it. Florida does, which is why we yeah. have Ron DeSantis. That's right. And, you know, yeah. uh, Colorado did until last year, and then they opened them. Well, God knows why. Like I'd have to, uh, I just can't remember the others offhand. There's not very many. Well, one of those is actually a Democrat state. So I think there's only three states now that that are closed primaries that Republicans control. Well, that's interesting because Colorado was uh, one of them that was trying to get rid of the Electoral College as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got a basically a Marxist governor now, and mm. and and so yeah. Look, look it, the Chinese are running our electoral system. And the only, see, what happens is you've got this conservative base who loves the country, loves the Constitution, wants to fight for it, and they keep on electing these Republicans who are gutless wonders, who are wimpy rhinos. That is because every primary, there's usually a conservative running and a moderate and a liberal in the Republican primaries. The Democrats go in there and the communists, and they always vote for the liberal or the moderate, always, so that the conservative loses. That's how Lisa Murkowski, the wet, wet Republican, is still the senator from Alaska. That's how Lindsey Graham, who is as useless as you can get, yes, um, is, is still the governor from a uh, uh, senator from South Carolina. They're both very conservative states, and they both got extremely weak. Republican senators. I think most of us of know the that. Open primary system. Yeah, we're going to have to wrap this the, up, yeah, Trevor. We're just going to close the primary so only Republicans can vote in Republican primaries. It should be a no brainer. It should be a no brainer. No, that was a, a incredibly important information to get out there. And uh, before we get too close to, to ending the program, I just wanted to find out what is your feeling? Is there is there any hope left? I mean, wh where do you find the most uh, the most hope from? Yeah, look, absolutely. See, one of the big points, too, is, and I, what I called for, the free states have to join together to oppose the federal government. And already you've got, you know, Texas and Florida working together on several issues. You had 18 
um, governors write to the write to Biden the other day, telling him that if he comes after their elections, it's going to be big trouble. We've got to build a nation within a nation. There's 30 states still controlled by Republican legislatures. That is from Alaska, goes right through the middle of the country, all the way to the Gulf of Mexico and the Florida Keys. Then you bring in the red counties of the blue states. That's 80% of America that's on our side, folks. We've got to band together as a block, form a nation within a nation, and tell the federal government to take a hike. Wow, a nation. A nation within that. Use the 10th Amendment as it was supposed to be designed. The states are supposed to be sovereign. The federal government is supposed to be junior to the states. That's what we've got to restore. Mm. We do that, we can make Biden a lame duck and Harris a lame duck and kick the Chinese out of this country. I love that. On that hard. And with that, we're going to leave it a nation within a nation. Trevor, you have no idea how much I appreciate you having come on here. You've really opened a lot of eyes here. And folks, please share and subscribe. Get your favorite Patriots messages out loud out there. Now, many of us have been censored like Tim Alders and Trevor Loudon and myself. So go and look for our articles, um, uh, Tim's and mine at America Out Loud. And you can find Trevor's where again, Trevor? TrevorLoudon.com. Trevor Loudon. TrevorLoudon.com. Loudon is L-O-U-D-O-N. But don't Google it. Put it in the uh, browser and it'll come up. Folks, this has been Kathy Chamberlain with the Voice of a Nation. Uh, go and check out uh, the uh, the whole website there at America Out Loud. You're going to be so impressed with the information that you see there. It's been my great pleasure to spend the past two hours with you. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as me. So until the next show, be well and get active. Our country depends on you.